0: Okay, well, we're recording, so we're just going to start right here.
1: Okay, how are you doing
0: today? What's up, everybody? We got a different little, we got a different setup going on this week, but we had to jump on here. We've been slacking, and yeah, we wanted to test out some of the new equipment we got. We have our first... Cody
1: from Solid Performance Let us a new
0: asshole. We, uh... Well, first, we'll talk about why Brad might sound a little different. Uh, We're currently on the phone with Brad, because Brad is stuck in Maryland at work, so... We got some. Got to.
1: You got to do. do something to pay the bills, you know.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, we're trying to uh, we're trying to step our game up here a little bit, and this was kind of our first little test to see how this goes, so we can start taking callers and get a little bit more serious with this, so we can uh, <laughs> keep Cody over there happy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's jump right into it. So we'll just start with this past weekend, since that's probably the most fresh. Absolutely fantastic weekend. Uh, my club put on Hammer Run. Our club put on Hammer Run. Um, yeah, just overall great weekend. 200 miles, of riding trails, a party. It was a great time.
1: You were a party, that is for sure.
0: <laughs> so It's just, man, that event is... It, it's hard to say that dual sports are such a great event because I've never been to another one. And I just know how people talk about ours. But man that is by far my favorite event of the year you get time to just kind of hang out it's a good reset from the year you get to catch up with catch up with some some great people um we got to caught up with uh, Joe Bromley a little bit Brandon Cody guys from solid got to hang out with him a lot um and it's just a it's just an awesome just relaxing weekend so this was uh, a this love? was your first real experience with Hammer Run, wasn't it
1: no, I mean the full the full experience, yes, but I have helped multiple different times to help this event help uh, the club out out. you know since I was young, I think I was uh, I want to say I was 10 or 12. the first time I was out there actually with Cody Lohr and his uh, his dad and his um, you know grandfather and that's what the very first time I was out there many, many years ago.
0: Yeah, so a little bit different than it was back then.
1: Yeah, and uh, definitely didn't have the night experience back then (laughs) that we had this weekend.
0: So, hey, the best way we can explain it is come on out. Uh, I I don't see a time in my life where I'll ever not be there. So put it on your calendar for next year. It's always the first weekend in November. It's always the weekend of the time change, and it's always a good time. So, put that one in your calendar if you're looking for a a great event to really wind down the season. Um now and, that we got and uh,
1: I just make sure you come prepared to lose your pants <laughs> on a bet.
0: <laughs> we're just going to leave that one right there. <laughs> so, now that we got that one into the way, let's just jump into the ECA finish of the year. Um like I said, Brad's away on on work, so we're trying to not do this quick but no sense in him hauling around we i do have
1: to be up at 3
0: a.m yeah so let's get this let's get something out here for the people uh we'll jump to ormond ormond man i bitched and bitched and bitched that we don't get a new trail from ormond and we got some new trail
1: different club but yes we did get a new trail
0: yeah but (laughs) yeah Beelers, Beelers guys uh that club's slipping my name at the moment but man those guys did a great job they just did some just different things in different spots and they really worked within the the confines that they have there in the past there's been there's been times where those limits that they have they've kind of pushed and stretched and this one they didn't they really they were really locked into what area they had and man they took advantage of it and Tons of new trail. It felt like an old NEOC with how the trail was breaking down so quick just because it was new.
1: Yeah, it, it was good to ride something different for, you know, compared to the last five years.
0: And, I, and you know, it kind of opened my eyes up. We've talked uh, – we've hounded on the CDR thing in the spring, and and those guys have reached out and really kind of explained their situation. And and I've talked to Beeler, and he's kind of explained his situation. And I think it's – I think it's cool to have two different clubs that are doing two different things there, because honestly that felt like a whole new race. It didn't feel like Ormond. So that aspect of it, I really liked that, you know, we do get two different races. It's not just the same, but of course I'm always going to push for ECA for the clubs, for everybody. That's a part of this series to be better. I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of turned out to be our goal here. It's just to, to push the people who are interested in these series and who run these series just to to be better and put on better events and to to hear what the people like and 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 how they can make it better,
1: yeah, one hundred percent
0: so that's pretty much the the quick of it at ormon um sahara sahara uh where do we <laughs> even start? Sahara Ooh. ends up just being really, really tough for either club that's there promoting the event. I, I think one because of, uh, one because of the, the the type of people we get there. That place is different from most places we going we go in terms of. It's kind of open. It's not as tight. It's probably the more motocross fen- friendliest track we go to. If that makes sense. So you get a lot of those day riders and people who aren't really familiar with the woods. And that ended up bringing in some, I don't want to say uneducated, but uh, I was there at one point not too long ago where I just don't know. So I think that tends to get frustrated. Uh, what was your feelings on that? I don't know. In the sea race man, the the amount of people is, that just don't know what they're doing sucks. I don't know how it is Yeah, for
1: It wasn't. It wasn't bad in the main. I mean, the grass track was, you know, pretty much shot, straight lines. There was no no following of the track. It's just where where you wanted to go is where you went. Um, but you said that was in the C class. The, like, they started that, and obviously the main guys are just going to find the, the straightest path, the fastest path. And that means, you know, cutting out six turns and nobody's going to say anything to them. They're going to do it. Um, the grass track was definitely – um, a shit show, but for the most part, they had the woods figured out this time, and there was only one little one little spot that I, you know, could have a small complaint about, but that's just racing, and we're not going to go into that. But, um, it's definitely better than the beginning of the year,
0: yeah. And I think, kind of, since starting this whole podcast, yo, it, it's crazy that this has been a whole year, uh i've definitely been more i don't know if i've been more critical but i've definitely been more vocal i mean that's kind of our job here <laughs> is to be more vocal and to kind of point out what we see good and bad but i yeah i think overall it was it was an, uh, honestly it was a really good event um i actually one of the the club guys a real good friend of ours uh cole was the trail boss vice president not really sure exactly what his title is over there but um he asked me he was like hey could you help out with the fifties in the morning and I was like, absolutely, yes. Like, 100% yes. So, um, I got to jump around. And, and whoever decided to send PW50s through a god darn, like, sandbox. I have some stern words for them. But, I mean, other than that. It was. I got to see, really, the whole weekend from start to finish. Through a different club's eyes, which was neat. Um, And just overall, yeah, I mean. These are, sorry, I'm getting a little sidetracked here. These events are just... They're hard to put on. And it's a big undertaking for these clubs. And these clubs really all do a good job. And it, some things fall through the cracks. I mean, yeah. The grass track was an absolute shit show. And I think the best the best part about a situation like that was... the The grass track had a good layout. But it wasn't... I would say it wasn't done properly. You know, after the race... Uh, talking with a a a few friends and uh, talking with Cole actually told came up and we were just kind of having a conversation and talking with Mike Lafferty and Mike Lafferty was like, Hey, you know, if you're ever in doubt and there's ever a piece of woods or a piece of grass track where you're kind of questioning, like, how could I do this? Double arrow it. And I think that's kind of something that gets overlooked, especially with ECA a lot. Um, a lot of the problems that we have with the track, especially at Sahara could be fixed with double arrows because then at least it gives, it puts the responsibility back on the rider. I mean, do you, do you agree? Do you disagree? I know we talked about it a little bit, but
1: I mean, yes, I, I agree that it would put the responsibility back on the rider, but I feel as if that, if they double, arrowed in the grass track that I still don't think the guys would have followed it. And that would have caused you know a lot of problems because then you would have guys that would follow it and knew the rules, and then the other three quarter of the guys wouldn't know the rule, and then you would have to disqualify the guys that didn't. You know, what I mean, that caused kind of a shit show.
0: And and that was the biggest complaint during my race. Um, like I said, I got the sweep all day Saturday, and I was kind of I kind of had mixed feelings about racing on Sunday. um I don't really want to get into what happened at Ormond. I think that's kind of been put to the past and I don't want to bring it back up, but I really had to sit down and like, kind of think about it on Saturday night, whether or not I wanted to race on Ormond, considering that I just swept their youth and, and that I did get some time on the track and I talked to a couple of people and I made the decision that, yeah, I was going to race. I'm not in it for points. I'm not going to go out there and win. I'm not going to go out there and battle for, you know what I mean? A top 10. Um, and so I went into the race with kind of a different little attitude just to kind of try to go out and enjoy myself. And that, I don't know if it was on me kind of giving myself that out to kind of not go slower, but to just kind of have a relaxing day. But when you're not the one passing people and you're the one being passed, holy shit, that place is an absolute shit show. That grass track, the you know you have guys who are going apex to apex who are trying to follow the course you have guys like me who are like hey i don't really want to cut but for me to be even somewhat competitive i got to at least you know take the main line and then you just have that <laughs> the other 30% of people who just go straight so yeah yeah i think i think if you put double arrows up in that grass track and you put two people out there I think just the presence of people is enough to keep, you know, the riders honest at least in just that one section, you know. I agree. So, like I said, <laughs> I feel like I I've I've come to just start nitpicking these events when in reality, man, it was a really good weekend at, at Sahara and it was a a, a good race until I don't know why they do this to us, Brad. Why do they give us this this kind of, I don't want to say firepower, but how are you going to stop a, a race 26 minutes early?
1: <laughs> not only 26 minutes early, but then you got the whole cutting deal and all that.
0: Yeah, and so what's cool about where we're at, not only with this podcast, we're just being around racing a lot, we get to see a lot of different riders. We get to know a lot of different riders. So on the first five lines, I probably know 50, 60% of the field by name that I talk to every weekend. So when I'm sitting in the pits and I see guys come through, and I don't want to say out of order, but just I want to, not together, it kind of throws a red flag up in my head. So perfect example at Sahara. I'm sitting in the pits talking to Holly, talking to Greg McDonald, um, and Double A comes through and and A Open starts coming through and there's a couple there's a couple A250 guys that are 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 starting to get in you know midway pack through the Double A guy or through the A Open guys sorry. And it was nobody that kind of threw a red flag, but it, the one thing that did throw a red flag was. Two good friends of ours, Justin Harris and Malcolm Hill, both, both good riders, came through before you. And it wasn't so much that they came through before you that kind of made me think, hey, like what was going on? But it was just the fact that you weren't even with them. So it's and it's hard. Like you said, it's racing sections that are sections that are that tight and have that many lines in the woods like they did at the end of the sea race i can only imagine how they 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 look to guys of your caliber i mean it makes it easy to you know take liberty and take 10 feet here 20 feet there and
1: i mean malcolm and Justin, they both passed me i mean i both saw them pass me that's not like we're not saying that they cut or anything right. no, no but...
0: and I, i'm not getting at that either
1: but there was definitely a spot where there was ribbon down um, Now I did pull a whole shot. I did lead for a little bit, but I have a torn MCL So I as soon as I felt some pressure I just pulled over and let right. guys by um, But I did come up in a section where there was ribbon down and a guy in front of me did go straight and cut And I don't know how far he cut how much he cut off, but I jumped back on shot next um, You know worker and I was like hey the ribbon down back behind us somewhere, you know, within the last mile. I don't know what's being cut out, but something's being cut. And then, you know, Justin, Malcolm passed me and I let him by, whatever. And then when I got through passing the pit site, I definitely let you know, yelled to you that the ribbon was down.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's just something, too. It, it, and like you said, it's hard. You don't know what's getting cut. I mean, hey, it could have only been one corner. And at the end of the day one corner may or may not make a race for you but i would say 85 percent of the time it's not going to make a race one corner but if you're making up one corner three places on the track for four laps seconds turn into minutes real quick so and and like i said holly was right there with us in the pits and i told her and she immediately was on the phone with the guys in the trailer, just saying, "Hey, like keep an eye on lap times, make sure there's no big differences. Let's make sure we don't have a problem, so we're not in the same situation we were in the spring." Um, so I think that was awesome that they were at least they were they knew what was going on. You know what I mean? They were paying attention enough, so that was pretty cool. But I think where the the bigger problem comes in is before the race. Again, good friend of ours, Cole Lang. He had kind of mentioned that he was he was assuming it was going to be about a five lap race. Cole's a quick rider. He's not a double A pace, but he's well into the the upper half of the A class. So, and he knows that place like the back of his hand. Uh, he's been involved in doing races there for years. So he's got a really good handle and concept on that place and what mileage gets you what times. And he was very very adamant on it being about a twenty five minute lap. 20 to 25 minutes and he was he was under the impression that it was going to be a five lap race. Now uh, there hasn't really <laughs> been there hasn't really been a clear explanation of why it was a four lap race. Um, um
1: there was Mike Blair I guess it would be. Yeah, Mike Blair, um, part of the ECA. He, He did say in front of me, not to me, I just overheard it. And he said, listen, we messed up. Um, We thought that we thought times are going to go longer on the rest of the race. And we just miscalculated. It was our fault.
0: And I think that's cool for him to step up um, and say that, like I said, I, (laughs) I said it a lot over the weekend and I said it a lot at the dual sport. I feel like some people have kind of taken this podcast and been like, all they do is talk shit. Yeah, we like to talk shit, but at the same time, I'm not volunteering <laughs> for any of anything that any of them do. They got they they took on a responsibility that they don't really get too many benefits from, and it's a lot of st- stress, especially in situations like that. So everybody's human. It's a group of awesome people, and yeah, mistakes happen. It sucks that it was at the last race of the year. Um And that situation did kind of make me take a look back into the rule book because, again, we compare everything to GNCC and it's not so much – GNCC right now has it figured out. (laughs) They're making the most money. They're bringing in the most pros. They're doing it right. I think that if series around here, D6, ECA, any list of series on the East Coast want to excel, I think they need to take notes from – from uh, GNCC, and one of the things that GNCC do really well is they know exactly what mileage time at each track works out to be. (laughs) On the same token, the last two, three years, they've been running a lot of the same tracks, but they do a good job at at figuring out the times and making sure that they know really before they go into the race. They just kind of confirm after two laps, and I think that might be something that the ECA can kind of remind the clubs to do, you know, I think Cole, uh, went out of his way and, and did that. And I think that kind of got ignored by multiple people. Um, especially during conversations that I had. So I don't know. I think sometimes the ECI just needs to, to be more open to, to input from others. And I know it's hard, but that's kind of where I was at with that deal. Yeah, I agree. So, overall i made it to five five rounds how many rounds did you end up making it to just four. 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 yeah and then and you know i didn't hear too much too many big complaints outside of that i know the the new york race up at holiday mountain everybody said that, that was pretty good it was challenging it was different so yeah overall it seems like um it seems like the e c a is at a tilting point here. I think it's either gonna get a lot better or a lot worse um and I think from my personal experience there's a lot of there's a lot of younger guys longer young a lot of younger gals as well that are kind of our age or younger who are finally starting to get involved in the clubs and I'm hoping that here in the next five years that's something that, that rolls over into the ECA with some new blood, some new people that are, you know, willing to to step up and take on some responsibility.
1: Yeah, that would be nice.
0: So, all right. So now that we got all that out of the way, we kind of caught up on where we've been, what we're, what's been going on, let's jump into Silly Season real quick. And when I say Silly Season, I mean Silly Season because – there's been lots of uh kinda not contradicting reports, but there's been a lot of stuff going on. There's been a big move here in the last month. Possibly a new team. Um there's been some there's been some X C two teams that I think are taking big steps in their programs for next year. So where do you want to start?
1: Hmm. Well, I don't know. Um, one of the best riders possibly being back on orange bike, um, or the fact that a satellite team might have a new uh, suspension company involved, or um, yeah, yeah, you know, just great things.
0: Uh, the fact that you know, KTM Husky both could be adding uh, to quote-unquote, new riders to their roster. Um, Especially both squads who have kind of been, the last really three years have kind of been the same. Um, With Toth and Kelly at uh, KTM and Craig and Thad at Yamaha. I mean, Yamaha, at Husky, sorry. Uh, And I think that we're going to see some changes there. I think we're going to see some changes on, yeah, Gas-Gas as well. I don't think is big, but we're going to see changes there for sure. I think the Yamaha team right now is totally up in the air.
1: Yeah. Wachowski posted today that he is not with Yamaha for next year.
0: Right. And, he, yeah, I think there's another guy who rode Yamaha this year that won't be on there, but uh, conflicting reports there as well, but I'll go out and say it on a limb. Sounds like Stu's going to be on an orange bike next year.
1: Um, and I'm not really that surprised.
0: I am. I think not so much that he's on an aren't. I, I don't know. Well, I'm interested to see how this deal all pans out and what the actual where the backing's coming from. I think it'll be I'll be excited to see. I think Stu's made it pretty clear here in the last year that you got to go where the money's at. He's specifically said to me that he can win on any goddamn bike you put him on. So, the confidence I that think, that man has is unbelievable.
1: I think he's shown that this year, too. Or last year.
0: I think he's shown it every year. Every single bike he's been on, he's been competitive. Nope. From KTMs to Cowies to Sherkos to Yamahas to... Am I missing anything there? <laughs> so, I think you could put that man on a... Uh... <laughs> honestly anything at this point and he'd be competitive. So yeah. Yeah. And, and I think this might be, I'm really hoping that this is kind of the start of a new wave in the GNCCs. And I think it's going to be a really hard time for Stu to, to pull this off, especially with the way the economy and interest rates and all that stuff are going. But I think Stu has a really, really, really good handle on GNCCs and the marketing side. And if he can pull this off, uh, I think it'll be. I think it'll cause some some positive momentum in that direction, for sure. So, I think uh, I think the KTM team. Oh shit! I shouldn't have said that. I think uh, the KTM team or Orange team, whatever it's going to be, this dude's on. that's going to be interesting. Um, one of the things that. One of the other teams, too, that I'm kind of interested to see about is the Kawasaki team. I had originally thought that we were going to see Grant Baylor on Kawasaki, but now with Stu's whole deal, I'm not sure how that's going to work out.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I never – you heard it. He's going to be on Cali. I never heard that, so I don't really know.
0: And I think it's pretty clear that, uh, sadly he won't be returning to rev racing. Um, they haven't really made a public announcement, but there's been lots of talk and they've kind of made comments that this was kind of their last hurrah and this was their last couple of races. So it sounds like they won't be returning and with the shitty deals that they've had in the last two years, especially last year with the England kind of, I don't want to say bailing out being a false promise. Uh, it's, it, it just sucks to lose a team, especially a team that just won a National Enduro championship. Yeah.
1: It really sucks. So,
0: and I mean, what other teams are we missing? I know Phoenix. Phoenix is going to have to just like, I don't know what team, what other teams do we have to talk about? I mean, Phoenix, Honda,
1: Charles Jesters.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, Yeah, about that. (laughs) Uh, You got (laughs) anyway. Phoenix. Anyway, um, (laughs) I'm missing one more team. Oh, uh, Magna One. Yeah, Magna One, coming off a championship with Jordan Ashburn. (laughs) I mean, clearly they
1: they won three championships this this year.
0: Yeah, they won what? XC one, XC two, and a quad championship.
1: Uh, it's XC1, XC3, and sorry. a quad. Yeah, XC3. Sorry, sorry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty impressive from a quote-unquote satellite team.
1: Yeah, they killed it. So,
0: I think we got – I think we've kind of speculated where we think who's going and what we've talked about it a good bit in the last episode. It'll be interesting to see really how it all plays out here. I think most of the contracts are done except for – Except so for one, I think is still kind of on the table that I can think of. But
1: yeah, I've heard. I haven't heard from him yet.
0: Right. I think in the last couple. I think in the next couple of days, we're really going to hear something. I'd be surprised if we don't know. We don't know ninety percent of the teams here in the next two weeks.
1: Yeah, I agree. So,
0: and I mean, that's really all I got for tonight. You got anything else you want to talk about?
1: Not at the moment
0: talk about i'm a little tired go guy, to bed. I'm sorry <laughs> no nah, yeah fine. uh yeah so
1: that's but it for that's sure i do i do want to give a little shout out to you know the soft performance guys because they're always hooking us up and finally getting to meet brandon and putting you know his face to his voice and um you know cody's always been my friend of mine but he also works at sod and yeah. getting to hang out with them and talk bikes and see the new bike and you know hear the new things that they're the, the the new tools they have to come out with better products and better testing and to give the, the consumer a better product is amazing and um seems like we we worked out a deal if we can make it work it is to go up there and have yeah, the shop tour and do a podcast with them guys and so i hope you guys look forward to that and that's definitely going to happen this year um give you guys all the insight on this uh suspension and the up and coming uh new things they're trying and working on for the new bike and whatnot.
0: Yeah. There's uh it was definitely an awesome weekend to finally get to catch up with them and really get to sit down and have some conversations. Me, me and Cody still, <laughs> we had, we had a couple good conversations this weekend, but we still joke that, you know, I don't want to talk to Cody because he's got so many good stories and so many things that happened this year. I want to get him recorded. I want to hear about him. You know, he's been doing some awesome stuff with Niter and, and just, the steps the stuff solid's doing right now, I think, it really goes I think in the WP world is is noticed, but I think in the general public it's it's going unnoticed and I think I think twenty twenty three is gonna be an absolutely massive year for them. And
1: for sure. And um Cody Cody's definitely pushing to you know, he, he's mentioned a few ideas of his own that he really wants to push. So yeah, and, hopefully we can make them happen.
0: And I think that, you know, it's pretty cool that they allow us to be a small 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 part of what they got going on and they allow us and they support us so that's really cool so huge shout out to them and as always got to give a huge shout out to our guy rich always always supporting rich and anything he does guys it's winter time if you're looking to sharpen up on some skills you want to get back into riding you want to get ready for next season hit rich lafferty up i know he's going to be having schools here soon (sighs) get on the program man
1: even if you
0: just need gloves yeah check out his gloves the the gloves are awesome they really are i've been running them ever since yeah you wouldn't know you don't wear gloves <laughs> but yeah ever since i had gloves glove problems earlier in this year i've been riding this i rode the same pair all year not really saying much but yeah so and yeah everybody who keeps listening thank you guys we greatly appreciate it um Guys, if you have a a business, a business, or you have a project, or you want to help us out, you want to support us, we got a couple things in the works. We're going to get merch coming here. I think we're leaning towards doing like a pre-order. I'm thinking we'll probably end up giving, once we get all the details ironed out, I'm thinking we'll give like two weeks to get everybody to get orders in, and we're going to get the money together um, and get orders in. So that's one way you guys could help us out. And also here probably in the next week, I'm hoping to have it done by the end of the week. We want to do some sponsors. We want to have people on here that, you know, are weekly sponsors or monthly sponsors or, or whatever. So if you guys have like a product or money or whatever, um, if you guys want to work with us, please reach out. I'll, uh, like I said, hopefully I'll have the sponsor packets done here in the next couple of days and I can shoot them out and yeah, we're trying to really. I think both of us kind of got a little wake up call this weekend that that this is something that we need to take seriously. So I think that we both are uh, gonna buckle down here and and see what we can do. Give this a real shot and and see what we can make of it.
1: Yeah, what you want to tell about the bet?
0: No, we're not telling nobody okay. about the bet, but. Me and Brad okay. have a Me and Brad have a good deal going on. So if you see either of us uh drinking alcohol, you need to tell the other one. That's all we're going to leave it at.
1: Yep. Make sure you call <laughs> call each other out on the drinking of alcohol.
0: So All right. I'm getting the heck off here. Hopefully this thing recorded, but this is pretty cool. I think we're taking some cool steps, especially after this weekend now doing our first uh, you know, phone call podcast and uh hopefully we'll keep this rolling through the winter and into next season. So Appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, catch you in a couple weeks. See ya. Later.